All right, welcome everybody. It's great to see all of your shining faces, uh, both in person and static uh, faces uh, as your as your backgrounds. Uh, <laughs> my name is Angela Pancella. I'm here uh, on behalf of the U2 conference, uh, here with uh, Garden Tart Hillary and Garden Tart Jenny. Um, as their names imply, this is our Garden Tart podcast session which means that if you are here, be, be well aware that this is going to become a Garden Tart podcast. So the video and audio is being put to use both in YouTube conference land and in podcast land. So uh, you, are, you are all about to be famous. Hillary, almost. Yes, almost famous. Yes. Almost famous. <laughs> yes, yes. We try, we try. Uh, Hillary and Jenny, they have been bestest friends for almost 30 years. Their favorite thing to do, yeah, as a matter of fact, I wonder if something about that 30 year time span has something to do with the subject at hand, but that is that, that remains to be seen. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Their favorite thing to do is to talk YouTube. So they decided to start a podcast, Kissing Lips and Breaking Hearts with the Garden Tarts. You can hang out with them weekly as they talk about albums, tours, and various YouTube-related adventures, among other things. We're so glad to have them live today for the YouTube conference. Take it away. Thank you, Angela. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for being here to help us along. Hey, everyone. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Hillary. Fancy seeing you here. I know. What are the odds? <laughs> Always. Where are you? I, I like your... I'm um I, I'm in this little place called Hansa Studio in Berlin. As am I. Um, oh, what a coincidence! No, there you are. Our pretty little logo. Awesome. Well, real quick, we'll introduce ourselves. I'm Jenny, and I'm Hillary. um, Hillary, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. Hillary's in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Yeah, and we are so excited that you're coming to join us. More people are coming in. That's awesome. First, some little fun facts. Just so you know, for this next hour and all eternity, we embrace inclusion, irreverence, and cursing. Everything's on the table. Our, all our episodes are marked explicit. Bring it on. <laughs> if you want to learn more about us, you can go to thegardentarch.com for more info. And you can also find our YouTube-ish podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platform and on the social medias. So come see us. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, here's how this is gonna work today. We have several quick fire questions and several long form questions. After each round of questions, we're gonna do a shot. So it's in our best interest to get through as many questions as we can before our hour is up. Yeah, and feel free to show your faces if you can, if you feel comfortable. We kind of want this to be the pub session of the conference. So yeah. come on, no matter what you're drinking, whether you got your water or our special Octum Baby Guinness or your other beverage of choice. Do you have your beverage already, Jenny? I got a poor one. Should we demonstrate this? Yeah. So a Baby Guinness, it's basically a shot that is mostly Kahlua topped off with Baileys. Now, if you're a trained bartender and you pour the Baileys like over a spoon, it sits really nicely on top of the Kahlua and looks like a Guinness. Um, I don't do that. <laughs> I just I do, I don't know, 80-20. <laughs> and I um, have misplaced my Garden Tarts shot glass. So I have my I and E little cup. Oh, that's smart. That I'm using as my little shot glass for the night. And of course, alcohol is never mandatory. We just enjoy it in the podcasting setting. So you do you. You do you. Well, should we start? We can start with our quick fire round. First one. Sure. Okay. I I'll start with that while you're drinking, while you're okay. preparing your drink. Okay. Okay. In five parts, 
give your name, location, favorite song off of Octung Baby, least favorite song, and tell us what you're drinking, albeit water, alcohol, whatever your your favorite I'm drink putting is. Putting this right in now. the chat. I'm putting these five things in the chat. So you will have it. Also, we should note that your least favorite song on Octum Baby may still be one of the greatest songs of all time. Oh, they're all the greatest songs. You just have We're to not pick. Saying you don't like it. We're okay. making you pick one today. Yeah, and if you don't want to say it, that's fine. Do you want to go first, Hillary? I can go first. Okay, we'll go um, first, and then they can follow. Okay, so I'm Hillary. Like I said, I'm in Hampton Roads, Virginia. My favorite song is The Fly and my least favorite song is even better than the real thing. Is that a shock to you, Jenny? No. No. I mean, I might have thought you said something else, but it's 50-50. Yeah. And um, I'm drinking a baby, an Oxum baby Guinness shot. See, mine's all blended. It's a little ruby. Mine, mine's blended too. <laughs> so I'll go. And then y'all just chime in. And whoever's screen lights up is who's talking, okay? I'm Jenny. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. My favorite song on Octum Baby today is So Cruel. And my least favorite song today and most days is Mysterious Ways. And I'm also drinking an Octum Baby Guinness. Mart, you're not going to talk? Are you at work? <laughs> Mart is from Dublin. Acrobat's his favorite. One is his least favorite. And all the pints he is drinking. So Gerda, your favorite is so, so cruel and your favorite is the fly? That's my guess. Yeah. It works for everybody. And she's drinking, drinking cola. cola, perfect. Anyone else wanna chime in? Um, my name is Megan Click. I'm from Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, my favorite song is Acrobat. My least favorite is Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses? And I'm drinking cold brew coffee. Oh, sweet. Nice to meet you, Megan. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, I've followed you guys for probably about a year now. It's really been fun listening to you. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. <laughs> thank you, Megan. <clears throat> Anyone else? Hello, ladies. Hey, Hi, Sherry. Sherry. I'm Sherry. I'm from uh, originally the Boston area. Now I'm outside of Philly. My favorite is the fly. My least favorite is one. I'm drinking out of one of your cups. Some driver tonight. So cheers to everybody. Thank cheers. you. Sherry uh, hosted our session last year, which we were very grateful for. Well, thank you. You guys were awesome. So thanks again for coming on again. Thank yeah. you. Hey, I'm Natalie. Natalie ready? Yeah. Hi, Natalie. Hi. Um, Hi. I'm outside of Toledo, Ohio. Ohio. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were the questions? Oh, I my favorite song is "Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses." Uh, least favorite is "So Cruel," and I'm not drinking anything, but I will be. Yeah. I have to go downstairs. <laughs> fair. Fair. Very nice to meet you. Yes. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, everybody. I'm uh, Jennifer, go by Jen, and I'm in Northern Virginia. Yay! Virginia! <laughs> Although, boo, after November. I know. Oh, no, boo. For, I mean, not boo, but. We're so pretty and blue, and now we're red and we're just, Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of in denial. I am too, but you know what? Northern Virginia and Hampton Roads held their own. Yeah, we do live in a little bubble here. And sometimes yep. I get out of the bubble and I'm like, ooh, ooh, can I get right. back in my bubble? <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I'm in the little bubble too. Yeah, I've got a good friend in Virginia Beach, so I'm down your way sometimes. Yeah. Um hit me up sometime and we'll get a we'll get a drink. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be awesome. Yes. I started listening to your podcast um a couple of months ago, right? And I um was frantically uh, pruning things in the garden. Oh, it was just like a great, <laughs> just kind of a great memory. So whenever I'm pruning things now, I put the podcast on. So I don't know what that Aww. means, but there it is. I know. 
Um, you're in the garden, you're playing the tart. Right, right? Yeah. It works. I know, all by myself. Um, so I got to go with Acrobat for the favorite. Um, there's just so much there, and it's an emotional roller coaster. And least favorite? I don't know. Love is blindness when I'm not in the mood for it. It's just kind of like fingernails on the chalkboard when I I'm, am in the mood for it. Mm, love is blindness. Yeah, Fair right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm drinking hot apple cider. Yay. Ooh, lovely. Seasonal, seasonal beverage. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for hosting us. Yes. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Anyone else want to chime in? No. Uh, obligation. I can. Uh, okay. I, I will introduce myself again because uh, I did not mention my location, Angela. I'm uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, my most favorite, uh, that's a really hard pick, but uh, I, I have to rescue Mysterious Ways' reputation from you. Um, and my least favorite, probably trying to throw your arms around the world. Um, and what I am drinking, I'm drinking seltzer, but more specifically, I'm drinking it out of uh, an innocent experience, an innocence cup that was gifted to me by our very own Sherry Lawrence. I've got one too. It's got my water in it. I don't have mine with me, but I have this nice little <laughs> yeah, you cocktail cup. Oh, nice. And for those well, just joining, uh, we are asking name, location, most favorite, least favorite song on Octum Baby and what you're drinking. Feel free to unmute to uh, respond or leave your comments in the chat. Uh, Angela, someone has raised their hand. Do we? That is David. David, hey, David. you may speak. You want to step in? There hey, you David. are. Hey. Um, so I, my name is David. I am from Chappaqua, New York. Uh, happily a blue city and state. Um, very blue city, huh? Yeah, it is a very blue city. Yeah. Um, there, there's a, another Hillary, a famous Hillary. That's, 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 her, that's that. a neighbor. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, my favorite song, uh, that's really tough. Um, just gut, just whatever I, comes I, to your gut first, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say The Fly just because it was the, the, the song that came that, uh, you know, it was obviously the first single and it it basically you know knocked me for a loop um and so it set me on a trajectory that you know uh like the band did and uh so because i was an old school youtube fan before that and i needed a, a kick in the ass so to speak yeah. uh, least favorite would be uh who's gonna ride your wild horses it's yeah i'll just leave it at that and that's it for me right love you guys <laughs> oh we love you too love you too david um crystal just chimed in in the chat she's from rhode island but she's unpacking groceries so she's listening in her favorite is acrobat and she's about to make a gin and tonic bring it on yeah um i would also like to just mention that looks like she's remaining quiet but mary cipriani is also from northeast ohio hi Lotto. <laughs> hello we got a lot of ohioans here yeah, um, Jenny and I are in the competition for who's the biggest U2 fan in Cleveland, so. I'm happy to grant that to you, Mary. <laughs> and you've got a Pittsburgher close by right here. Yeah, it's true. Oh, hey. Hi. Hi. I, I was not planning on being on camera, so I'm simply just sitting on my couch after errands all day, but I had to chime in because I haven't met Hillary or Jenny before, so hello, ladies. Nice to meet Hi. you. Hi, hi. Um, okay, so I'm from Pittsburgh. Um, on Twitter, I'm hiding in the Berg for people who might know me that way, because I don't use my, my real name an awful lot. Yep, I recognize your um, face, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, favorite is the fly, least favorite, love is blindness. Um, and I'm drinking Diet Coke because I still have an evening to go and I need to stay fairly awake. So Fair. I'm going to sit back and enjoy the talk. But it's great seeing you guys. You too. Nope. Aside from Dublin, our favorite place to see you too is Pittsburgh. Oh, it's every time. Beautiful city, uh, easy to get around, great places to stay, um, and a great fan base. And and we're not we really well in Pittsburgh. Pardon? We do really well in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Those shows are magical. There's something about that city. 
Yeah. It's just, we've got great venues right on the water. Um, we're easy to get to. I'm a native Californian. That's where I'm from originally. And I absolutely love Pittsburgh. I just, I'm, I'm so happy here. So, um, and I live with uh, Gardener Bob, who's also my baker and my houseboy. Um, so yeah, it's really happy here. Um, enjoy Hi, the conference. <laughs> He's somewhere behind me right now. He's gonna <laughs> walk on camera in a minute. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy the conferences. We've been to all of them that we could. The only one we didn't go to was Australia. Um, but these are great. Um, I met Angela there, met Scott, met so many other people there. Um, met David. David, you were the one that that, that sold me um, or gave me your bus ticket to go to the Raleigh concert for that first con for the first conference. Um, so you guys are a great group. Good to be here. Thanks for being great. here. Yeah. There's Mart. Are you you're not at work anymore, Mart? He's on mute. He's you're muted. It's all good. Okay. How are you doing? Hey, hey. Hey, hello, hello, Mart. Nice to meet you. Hey, how are you? Hey, great to be here. Um, no, I'm I'm literally just through the door from work. So um I just Dublin Acrobat one Dublin points, all of them. Does that answer all the questions? Sure. It does. It does. <laughs> um avril just messaged in i actually was chatting with her earlier today she is homesick so she wants to that is my cat rolling a marble across the floor i'm sorry if you hear that <laughs> um she's just listening because she doesn't feel so great but what she says her favorite song oh man i narrowed it down to four the other day but i guess i'll say acrobat and she's also in ireland so feel better Mommy, i know you love ohio but we gotta move on <laughs> Does anyone else want to chime in? Then it's time Drink for us time. to Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Sláinte, if you're choosing. Okay. Long form question, but at the same time, we, we, we got a little time crunch here, right? Yeah. And this is so pertinent as you'll understand. Is there a song on Octa Baby that has saved and or changed your life? I can start that. Yeah, we can start. Um, I would have to say, I mean, every all of them, but I really would have to say one because I just had this moment. I think it was the first anniversary of 9-11 and I had a new job and they had a moment of silence on the radio and I was with my new coworker. And after the moment of silence, they went into one and it just kind of shook me. Like, I felt like this is my song and my moment, like the whole world is sharing this moment with me. And I don't know, it just kind of changed me. Like I just decided at that moment just to change. Like I chopped my hair off, I lost weight, I got new friends, I started going to the gym. It was just like a one day, just all of a sudden, it just kind of hit me. And I kind of think about that when I think about one a lot of the time, it's just, just a meaningful thing. So I guess it kind of changed my life a little bit. Just that one time listening to it, it's not my favorite song, beautiful, but not my favorite song, but it did have, I did have a moment with one um, in 2002. How about you, Jenny? Um, well, I'm gonna give two really short answers because I feel like they both, they, they can't, one of them can't be denied. Um, one is the big one because that's the song that a friend told me to listen to when the album came out. I had not owned, I heard you two on the radio, but I'd never purchased an album before. So them telling me to buy the album to listen to one was just the change the entire trajectory of my life, would not be here, would not know Hillary none of these things. Um, but the other thing is that I went to college to be an, um, um, a personal trainer, to, to be a trainer for athletes, athletic trainer, there we go. And um, I took an elective with, for creative writing. I have no idea why I did not enjoy writing, but I did this short story that used, I was very honest and open about this, no cheating, that used the lyrics to so cruel and some of the story that I interpreted behind um, Mystery Girl to create this story with like 
um, some of the speaking parts were lines from So Cruel. And like my teacher went that shit. <laughs> He's like, I don't care where you find your muse. You need to keep writing. And I did. I became an English major with a, a um, focus in creative writing. Now I'm a personal trainer 25 <laughs> years later. But um, it completely changed my trajectory there. I had no idea. Um, the song that changed my life recently actually was Acrobat. Um, I've always loved the song, don't get me wrong, but when they performed it, I remember it was during the epidemic, I mean, during the pandemic, when we were kind of stuck in our house and I was kind of really connecting to all the YouTube videos. And I remember watching the Berlin show. And at the time, I had kind of gone through a really, really awful struggle spiritually. Um, I had left the Catholic church. I wasn't even sure I wanted to remain in any church. And for some reason, it was almost um, cathartic. Um, I found myself deeply connected to Acrobat. I had just written the night before this super dark, almost nihilistic writing that I'd read my husband about how I was feeling about my faith and life in general. And I had this, like, I danced like a mad woman. It was a, almost, if someone saw me, they would have thought I was crazy. I was spinning, I was whirling, I was crying. And I just remember so much release from that moment um, singing a lawn to Acrobat, Bono singing it as McBisto, me seeing my darkness and being able to actually conceptualize it and wrestle. And I really could say that things were different after that moment. I felt so much lighter and I felt so much more at peace after letting myself really losing myself in that performance. So Acrobat is my favorite song. It kind of was before, but it is really now because of that moment. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm, uh, I'm chills. That's amazing. Absolutely chills. And you know, I always say the, the boys show up in the strangest ways when you least expect it and you need them the most. You don't know it till it happens. So thank you, Megan. Thank you. Yeah. I could use a moment like that. I gotta, I gotta figure out how to get in that. Maybe me, I'll listen to Acrobat, just a moment. Just Maybe a moment. I'll, I'll listen to Acrobat. I'll give it a whirl when, uh, when we're done with this tonight. Yeah. It is a favorite of so many of ours I've noticed. Oh, I, I love looking. it. Absolutely. And live. So had that as favorite, even though it was never a radio single. It was hardly played live except for 2018. Right. And yet it was on the top of so many of ours, of our list, which I find interesting. A song that barely has been played live. That's powerful. It's a powerful right. song, even just on the record. So. Who's there anyone else? Coming is there a song on Octung Baby that uh, that saved or changed your life? Um, I can say something. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as meaningful as what everybody else said. Um, but I thought, uh, I guess after college, because this came out, I was a junior in college um, and took a senior trip to Europe to visit my aunt who's living in the Netherlands. And I thought, I'll just go to zoo station. That's what I'll do. So got on a train and went, went to Berlin and just again, all by myself was like, I'm in zoo station taking pictures before, I mean, before we had phones to take pictures and selfies and stuff. But then I thought I could just do this for all the U2 songs. I'll just go to all the places and take pictures and just be, <laughs> be in my own little happiness of being in the U2 bubble. And I guess previously I had gone to, um, we'd gone rock climbing in Joshua Tree. I'm also from California. I forget who said they were from California. And we had gone rock climbing in Joshua Tree, Tree that year that Joshua Tree was released and we camped out under the stars and we played Joshua Tree. And I mean, I, I don't really know if it means anything. It's just such a, a comforting place. It's a warm place to be. And so, yeah, trying to, throw my arms around the world and travel around and see things and do that. 
My cat. Um, it's totally meaningful, Jennifer. First of all, I've been the Joshua Tree. Sorry about my cat. First of all, when they say that the national park system here in America it was the greatest idea we ever had, I'm a national park junkie. And totally. to experience the land as it is supposed to be and to be able to sleep on it and under those skies is life-changing. And to be able to tie that to a band and music you're so passionate about feels pretty life-changing to me. And I love that you're traveling to cities. That's amazing in places. That's so cool. It's really cool. Is, is Hillary talking? She's, talk, she's talking to someone in her house. <laughs> it's oh no, you're muted, you're okay. Okay, no, no, okay. So this is a very telling thing though. That's totally off topic and I, I'm, I hate to embarrass anyone, but I am a massive fan of Jeopardy. It is so nice to meet you, Verlinda. I totally knew who you were the second you popped on the screen. Like, are you kidding oh me? Oh my God. Yeah. Jeopardy champ. <laughs> oh my God. Whoa. I'm freaking out right now. Like my, I am obsessed with Jeopardy and like anyone that's been on Jeopardy, at least in the past, I don't know, 10 years, I know you. <laughs> Well, you know, what really freaks me out is here in Memphis, after the show had aired, and I was walking to Kroger, a grocery store, shorts, a t-shirt, a mask, you know, you wouldn't have known me, and somebody that yelled across the parking lot, it's a Jeopardy lady! I'm like, how do you <laughs> freaking know that? <laughs> oh my gosh, like, I, you know, I, Jeopardy in my house is like the most sacred thing, like that's Oh my God, <laughs> so nice to meet you. I cannot wait to tell my parents. <laughs> it's the same for me. I, I, I grew up with it. And when I, I saw that a Facebook friend, we were in Linda was, I was like, wow, I'm friends with someone on Jeopardy. I know, right? <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, I really can't wait to tell my parents. I'm sorry to totally take this off, but... So nice to meet you, Rolinda. <laughs> oh. oh, you're muted. Thank you. I may be a Jeopardy champ, but I can't unmute. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all got a little something, something here, something there. Anderson Cooper. <laughs> yes, John. I, I just, I, I think we should ignore him. <laughs> 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 and I mean that with love. <laughs> I, I wasn't even sure if he was serious about the question to begin with. Uh, I, have, um, I, have, I have an octane baby story for y'all. Okay, um, I'm back on track. I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. <laughs> this is the whole point of this, though, right? right. This is what we do. We, we can't stay on topic very long. <laughs> this is one of my favorite YouTube stories, uh, but I've never gotten to say it on a YouTube podcast, so I got to say it here. I got my friend Stephanie into YouTube through Zoo TV, through Mysterious Ways. And she not only fell for YouTube, but she fell for belly dancing. So when YouTube announced their elevation tour, uh, she and I signed up for belly dancing lessons. And we said it was, you know, just in case Bono wants to pull you up on stage to dance for Mysterious Ways. And so just in case uh, Bono wanted to pull her up for, on stage, uh, we choreographed a routine and just in case he wanted to pull her up on stage, uh, we got there super early for the Chicago show. She, she dressed in a belly dancing outfit. I had a, I had a sign that said she can belly dance, which she thought was overkill because she was in a belly dancing outfit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Bono decided to pull her up on stage. Uh, I was like, this was, has to go there. It was, where, it was, where it was, was her. It was in Chicago, May 12th, 2001. She uh, was her very first U2 show. Um, and it was, it was so incredible. I, uh, we were on such a high afterward uh, at, at work. Somebody said to me, 
when you when you decide to do something <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of wild that things happen so it was very funny because the reviewer of the show because she she danced and then there was a performance a, a, they pulled up a sky to uh play piano for stay which was just the most gorgeous thing oh imaginable um and the reviewer the next day uh thought that they were the, the, that there were we were plants in the audience you know it was just too perfect these two performances they said they thought it was all staged and i was like oh yeah crystal yeah she she crystal was at that show it was an awesome show but uh, yeah, I wanted to say to that reviewer, well, it was planned, but not by not you. By you. <laughs> you weren't at that show, Hillary, were you? No, I um, I, I was in Chicago for vertigo. I mean, for elevation. I went. I was there in May earlier. Yeah. No, to self, learn to belly dance. You got it, eh? <laughs> Crystal was at that Chicago show. Sweet. Crystal is the first U2 fan I ever met in person. Oh, yeah. that's fun. I love that. I can't wait till we all get together in person again. Can't wait. Would anyone else like um, to share? Quick, quick chiming in on the Chicago uh, uh, show story. That was my third, Chicago, uh, third U2 show ever. Uh, my first two had been in Montreal in May. That was the year that I um, got um, into U2. Oh, hold on, wait a minute. Chicago, we're talking 2005, right? No, 2001. Okay, so that 2001 is when I got, okay, I got my years mixed up. 2001 is when I became a fan. My sister took me to Montreal and we went to two shows. Um, I was at, um, I'll still tell my story. I went to a Chicago show in 2005 um, uh, uh, for them. I was standing in the grocery store shopping. My sister in San Francisco called me and said, do you want to go see the U2 show in Chicago? My friend has a ticket. Southwest had just started to fly between Pittsburgh and uh, Chicago for $59, uh, $49 round, uh, one way. I basically uh, dropped everything within like 48 hours, was on a plane, went to the show, stayed the night and came home the next day and worked that afternoon. And it was awesome. It was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. I've done it since then more than once. Um, I've driven to Chicago now for a show and turned right around and come back home. I've done that for New York. I've done that for, um, I think Nashville, I did that. I met a couple of people there in Nashville. Um, so um, the things we do for our band, you know, it's um, Chicago holds a special place in my heart. That's awesome. We both went to, shows in Chicago in 2005, not together. We missed each other by a show, I think. Jenny yeah. and I, yeah. Yeah, we like where they were back to back. Oh, not the same night, yeah. Anyone else have a song um, from Oxen Baby that saved or changed your life? I have a, a fun story about Oxen Baby, uh, not necessarily a, a save your life, but uh, um, my fun memory of the album coming out um, for um, uh, for those of you who who don't know, uh, I I've been uh, uh, an alumni volunteer DJ um, at my university here in Cleveland for many years. I, I sting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I DJed uh, when I was in college um, back a <laughs> long time ago. And, uh, and still volunteer to this day. And so, uh, you know, when a, when a big album release comes out, you know, it, it's, there's always a competition amongst radio stations, you know, who's gonna get the exclusive, who's gonna be the first uh, to get to play that release. Um, so I had a connection who had gotten an early advance copy for review. And a friend of a friend made a copy and slipped it to me. And I, and I'm not going to say any more details than that because they, <laughs> I'm still paranoid about them breaking their NDA. <laughs> but I got, I got the copy. I'm driving in the car back to the station and um, 
I'm, I'm on the phone uh, with my fellow DJ, uh, uh, Sue Sendes. I'm like, Sue, I'm coming up to the station. I've got the new U2. And went up to the station. And now we, we had not previewed it. I had not listened to it. We literally dropped it on the air at the, you know, at the moment that I showed up with it. Well, of course, the, the first song on the album being Zoo Station with all this distortion. And I thought, oh my God, um, they've given me a, a corrupted file. Uh, you know, like, like this, I, I, was, I was thinking I had a bad version of the album because it was a copy of a copy and it was a cassette, you know, it wasn't all digital. And, and, and so we're airing it. And like, we're, we're like staring at, the, <laughs> at, at, at the, um, the meters are pegging and we're like, okay, is it, is it a bad record? Do I stop it because I've got a bad version or, oh, wait a minute. It really is. It's supposed to be distorted. And, and it was a, such a hard thing for us to figure out, like, am I going to keep playing this song or do I stop it? <laughs> but we ended up playing the whole first side and we got to be the first station uh, to, to premiere the album. I love that, Mary. <laughs> I love that you did that. I did dismantle my entire stereo and speaker system. Literally, I had speakers on top of bookshelves. There is obviously a bad connection somewhere. A wire had gotten loose. <laughs> yeah, like, like no joke. Like, like I'm not yeah. exaggerating. I was. Yeah. Well, like exactly. Yeah. You're thinking, what's what's wrong with my stereo? Why is it sounding like this? Yeah. So so yeah, they they uh, they uh, they got me good on that one. <laughs> nice. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Anyone else want to share, or else we have another quick fire round? You need a shot first. Oh. <laughs> We're cutting this one off. Leave us a message. Slancha. <laughs> Slancha. Octong, baby. That's what we say. Octong, baby. Okay. So our next quick fire, just quick fire, because we got more shots to do. Um, where were you in your life when you first heard Octong, baby? I was a senior in high school. I don't think I need to say anything else, but that's where you want to be when a big album like that comes out. I was a sophomore in high school and I was literally sitting at my desk in my bedroom waiting to do, getting ready to do homework. Anyone come else? On. Come on, come on. <laughs> sophomore in high school and uh... I was uh, listening to my brother's copy. He was a member of one of those fan clubs where you get the free, C free CDs and then they send you stuff and he forgot to send that one back. Yeah. So yep. it, be it became mine. 31 years old. Oops, go ahead. No, no. Go on, Eileen. I, I just started drama school. So it, it was a great album to start drama school with. Oh, absolutely. Lot I was of the, the year that my sister took me to my first U2 concert, I was 31 years old. She would have been 28. She was a longtime fan. Um, I heard, I know that's when I heard Octane Baby for the first time, because after we went to the shows, I went out and bought all the albums. <laughs> I was so, I was so clueless as to who U2 was before I met her in Montreal. She had to send, I said, I'll go to the show with you. This is great. We'd never traveled before together we weren't particularly close at the time um I said you have to send me a mixtape I didn't effing know any who they were I didn't know the song so I'm hearing the songs and there's like oh, okay a lot of the stuff is familiar okay I, I've, I've heard this song before that's theirs that's theirs um uh, desire knocked me off my seat was crazy after the show is over I asked Elise um I said what was the song about the gold ring um, and that was all I wanted you. I'd never heard that. Um, but getting back to Octane Baby, I mean, I went out and bought everything then. So that's the that's when I first heard it. Very cool. I was a freshman in college. Um, Octane Baby was one of the albums. I bought them by how I found them, except for Pop and War, which I bought immediately after seeing Pop Mart. I picked up the rest of the albums kind of when I found them in a used music store. So I remember finding um, October Next, 
because I found it on tape uh, for about $2. And then I think I found um, Zeropa. And then I found a, a, a $5 version of Option Baby used. So I was a very poor freshman in college. And I got the whole collection, tape or CD, based on what I could find at that time at the store. I think I got all the albums by, I think, spring of my freshman year. Nice. I have been married. Huh, Y'all are making me feel really old. I've been married 12 years when this came out. And... It was the next step in exposing my husband, Daryl, to my favorite band. I said, just listen, and just listen. And because he was a classical music guy. So, but he did it. He listened and um, he actually went with me to a show. So, woo. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Jen. Um, I was in my uh, 19... I remember this very clearly. I was in my 1992 Toyota Corolla driving back from work and the fly came on and I, I had some kind of reaction like, oh, like you're shaking. Um, is this you too? Is this you too? That sounds like Bono, but that doesn't sound like you too. I had to pull over because it's dangerous to drive in that situation and <laughs> got yeah. home and I was like, what? Because I mean, it's how do you, and then how do you follow up with that? I mean, how do you hear it again? If you don't have, if you don't have the single, if you don't own the physical, you know, it's 1991. So, and then trying to tell my boyfriend like, oh, this, and he's like, oh, that's not you too. That doesn't sound right. Cause I was describing the song and you know, that's where I was in my little, on the side of the road, listening to the fly. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, those time. are not safe driving conditions. No. <laughs> and then not be able to follow it up with a re-listen. That, that no. feels very traumatic. <laughs> and I guess right. going and going, finding the album, buying it, and whatever, and then, you know, getting to the song. This is the song. I told you it was on here. I, I don't know if Sherry's on, on, but I think my story is the same as Sherry's, that it was 120 minutes on MTV that there was a big premiere for the fly and um i stayed up you know basically I, I tended to watch 120 minutes anyway but i think it was only one hour the 1 a.m uh segment so they already played an hour and i remember watching it and thinking that the band had got mad um i definitely you know heard you know some manchester aspects to, to it the noise and you know i but i think visually i think i was more struck even though the musically just because of the stark black and white video and uh but it ended up you know it was uh life-saving in that respect of a record it just took a little bit of time to to get to it i appear to have been summoned thanks david yeah <laughs> <laughs> outside having my husband put up frigging Christmas lights. Um, but uh, um, actually, my story is a little bit different because being a member of the propaganda community back in the day, and I had about 100 different pen pals on, uh, on the grapevine. I basically spent all of my supermarket uh, uh, earnings as I worked as a cashier on postage, sending stuff to people all around the world. And suddenly, it was the middle of summer before the album came out, package mysteriously arrived uh, in my mailbox. Uh, didn't say who it was from, which was weird because it had international uh, stuff on it, but it was the stolen tapes. I actually had three cassettes of all of the stuff that had gotten stolen from the studio. I'm like, I hope these aren't originals because I didn't do it. Uh, as I'm in the middle of, of my little nook in uh, Connecticut, where I lived at the time. So I kind of had a little preview of what it was sounding like. I'm like, holy crap, this thing is awesome. So it, it, it made me curious to see what was going to end up ma making it onto the final record. So by that point, I was a freshman in college. 
the day that the album came out, I had a midterm uh, in my music appreciation class where I needed to uh, know, you know, Debussy and and Ina uh, uh, Klein and Nacht Music and all that other stuff. And all I was listening to was Octung Baby. Our, our our record store opened up the um, uh, 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 early that morning on campus, so. I got up, I walked 30 minutes across campus, picked up the cassette because that's all I could afford. And that's all I listened to up until my midterm. So as I'm trying to decipher uh, uh, if I'm listening to Dave UC or not, all I'm thinking of who's gonna ride your wild horses, who's gonna answer Claude Dave UC. And that's how I hear the lyric ever since November of 1991. It's not Deep Blue Sea, it's Dave UC. But, um, you know, that was just an album. I can't think of any other album other than Zuropa that I have such a vivid memory of uh, uh, knowing where I was, what I was wearing, the, the scent in the air, everything. It's just one of those, those, uh, uh, memories that I uh, hope will never leave. So thanks, David. Well, I, I, I was just going to say that those tapes, I remember also getting those tapes um, actually at a record store, record show before the record actually came out. And I thought it was fascinating, but it still didn't really it prepare me for, I think, the record itself or for the fly, because the fly was so much more produced than what was on the the, the AX tomb baby tapes. And um, I also remember feeling, now I, I of course would geek out over pre-releases like that. But at the time I remember thinking slightly guilty listening to it and also thinking, you know, slightly dirty, I guess. Like this is, you know, this isn't really, you know, assuming that these are real, this isn't really the, the song. Now, of course, I, you know, wish I had those for every possible record. But um, but yeah, th that was my actually my first introduction to you to to Octoon Baby were those tapes. But so I know Crystal I and her hand raised. Um, if you still want to go, but I'm going to read a comment from Avril real quick since she is just um, chatting with us tonight. She says, "I wasn't born when Octoon Baby was released, so it's kind of weird. I mean, I can't pinpoint one time because I would just hear the songs from the album randomly." from just my mom playing bits in the car or in the house, and then from my own curiosity looking songs up myself online. But I couldn't say what my first experience was with the whole album, although it was one of those things. As I found each song from the album, I needed more and more. It was like a drug. The sound was something I couldn't get enough of. I love that. I think we can, that's a sentiment I can get behind. Sure. Crystal, did you want to go? Yeah. Uh, so when I first heard The Fly, um, I was at work, the TV was on MTV in the background, so I just wasn't paying attention, and I heard this weird noise, and I was like, what? Sounds kind of interesting. Who is that? And I watched for, like, seemed like a couple of minutes before I realized it was you too. I knew they were working on something, but I didn't, you know, any details, and I was like, oh my god, but it was cool. Cool, thank you for sharing that. Well, we have about 10 minutes left. Is that right, Angela? Okay. Okay, so, so you're doing a drink and then move on to another quick fire? Uh, yeah, let's make, the, let's make the second, um, let's make the last long form question into a quick fire. Just like give us a sentence. Oh yeah, but it's gotta be like, some of them are going to be funny out of context. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, ready? I'm going to get on to the question. If you have a drink, take a drink. Yeah. Oh, drink. Sorry. Such an effort. I know how much that meant to you. No, it'll be okay. Johnny, do you know you're on <laughs> I, 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 I know, I know. Sorry about that, darling. I want to, I'll, I'll come back to you towards the end of this, and I'm just interested to see you doing your... Uh, Baby Gims's just because this okay, is I see what you're here for. Because it's the best part of the night. I'll come back afterwards, okay? Thank okay. you. Priorities, I get it. Okay, our last long form that we're now turning in to quick fire one, two sentences at the most. Even though we all adore Octon Baby, it seems there's some aspect 
that makes a lot of us uncomfortable. Do you have one? Go ahead, Hillary. <laughs> I have two. I have two. Uh, one is just generally the religiousness. And I mean, I know that's a lot to say, given the, you know, you too, but I'm Jewish and I don't, I have a hard time, and I'm not that religious. I have a hard time, uh, I have a hard time getting the, the religious aspect of it. That said, it's all good stories. It's all good lyrics. So I'm okay with that. My other thing is that Jenny and I have long, if you listen to us, we refer to, uh, we know each other because we have a mutual uncle. And that uncle is Bono, we say. So um, I don't want to hear him talk about sex. <laughs> That's it. I don't want to hear it. about your uncle. Do you have an uncle? Would you want to hear them talk about No, sex? no. So I don't want to hear my uncle Greg talk about sex. <laughs> I don't want to hear your uncle Greg talk about it either. <laughs> I don't want to hear the garden tarts talk about sex. Let's be honest. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> fair, Mark. Fair. Yeah, that's fine. We don't talk about it much. No, every episode. No, every. That's a little <laughs> exaggeration. Okay, and then I'll answer well, mine. Mine is hands down the religion, and it's not. I mean, I'm an English major. I get the references. I get all like that. Like I love that so many of those stories can be turned into poetry and are in symbolic. But digging into it. I like shut off. So like there's been some discussions here in the YouTube conference. I'm like, oh, I should listen. Maybe I'll learn something. I like can't. Like I, my brain goes, no, <laughs> can't hear about the religion. It's too much for me. Makes me uncomfortable. So I went with a religious ban as my life source. <laughs> that said, obviously, you know, we review all the albums and talk about the religiousness in, in depth, but we're kind of, you know, fish out of water when that, when it we comes talk to about it like poetically, not yes. Yeah. Anyway, anyone else? You're, you're not a yeah. fish out of water. I'm, hey. I'm an ex Baptist and it makes me slightly uncomfortable, but because I grew up going to church, I learned how to ignore it really early. So I just ignore it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm actually the opposite. I struggle with the relationship aspects of Octane Baby. I can only get in there through the spiritual and religion. I've never, I've had plenty of betrayal from family, but I've never had a romantic relationship that I could really connect to who's going to ride your wild horses. And so when it gets too much about sex and I can't find the spiritual, I struggle with it. That's probably why it's my least favorite song. See, there's something for everyone. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I am. Um, I struggle with the whole thing that people look at it as not four fellas playing rock and roll music and try and delve a bit deeper, you know, and find meanings that aren't about guitars, bass, drums, and a vocal. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes well, we forget that there's instruments. We're aware of that. <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> we don't mean to. <laughs> I guess I think all of this reminds me of how many different levels people have for the band and, you know, whether it's, the, and, you know, I think it's Larry or somebody years ago said, oh my God, it, paraphrase, oh my God, it would be awful if everybody came to a show and all they did was, um, you know, and, I, like I say, it's the different the different ways you can read the lyrics, listen to the music. Yeah, you know, they're a rock and roll band, but they're this and that and that, and I'll never live down using Fleshbox in our presentation earlier today, but they have one, and, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that they're so fully human, you know? I, I, I love that, so that's my two cents worth, and back on mute. <laughs> uh mine aren't exactly the album but uh the b-sides 
I wish they had not done the covers of Painted Black and Fortunate Son. I think those are such iconoclastic songs that uh, I, I don't, I've never heard anyone actually improve or make them as good as the originals. And I think it was a mistake to do those. David, did you see the new Rolling Stone article where they talk about that? Yep. Where, yep. and I, I, I was, I, I wish I'm really actually, hoping that Edge didn't like those either. But I, I know, I, I, I thought exactly the same thing. I. I sort of had hoped that uh, Andy Green would have asked about some of the other songs, you know, like Oberlin uh, or, or you know, some of the other things, Salome, but maybe he did talk about Salome, but anyway, I, yeah, no. but I, I, I just remember even, yeah, when I read that article and I saw those two songs mentioned, I was like, ah, and I, I, it's not that I hate them doing covers. I love their cover of Dancing Barefoot, but generally I think U2 is a poor covers band and that's my piece and Absolutely. that's my TED talk. And I totally agree. I think those are the two worst covers they've ever done. I, but I that's think another so story. That's that's for yeah. We'll have an we'll have another uh, discussion yeah. about that. But I agree with you, David. Yeah, we we're not fans of those either. Mm -mm. Well, we have just like three more minutes. Does anyone else want to go real quick? That's okay. Oh, wait, here's another. Oh, another thing from Avril. She said, yeah, as someone growing up in Ireland, I can say I tend to shy away from the religious side too, because there's too much religion going on here as it is. Man, that's a great point about them being fully human. I like that. Matt Nathanson talked about that today in his session. That was a great session. If y'all didn't go look for the recording, it was really great. Lots of cursing. I really embraced that. I, I do have a question though yeah. about that. Yeah. I have noticed a almost like I don't, and I know we are all divided on this, on religion. And as a believer, I've always wondered, like you two have always, they've never really shied away from it. Hey, spirituality is a huge part of what we do. And so is the flesh. Um, but is the religiosity kind of a push-pull thing? Does religiosity give the band a lyrical and musical depth that maybe they wouldn't have without the religion, even if you aren't a believer? I'm just curious from a believer side of the point of view. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, um, I mean, like as a singer, if, if you don't believe what you're singing in, then what's the point? And well, plenty of singers can do that. Bono but, just can't. Yeah, Bono can't, but that's like, that's the pull. Right. Is that he fucking cares. And the band, they fucking care about what they're playing and what they're putting out. And I like that drew me in before I knew what any of the songs meant. I was hooked before yeah. I knew any of that stuff. So, and then I just had no choice. Hillary and I like to say that we did not have a choice to be YouTube fans. Like not they a us. We didn't, we didn't keep searching them out because, you know, I don't know, shits and kicks. It was this like gravitational pull towards their music. Sure. So that was just undeniable. And I mean, the pull on my part, at least, was still fighting the religiousness of it. Like I was pushing back on that. I mean, it, just because I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. It still makes for beautiful lyrics and great stories and heartfelt, meaningful songs. Is is it not the thing that we all take out of the songs what we require? So whatever Bono is putting in there, it's not for us to know why he's written it. It's for us to take out what we need. Is that not the, the whole? So whether you find a religious meaning or a sentiment or, you know, political view, it's not, you know, that's that's his gift to us, I suppose. Um, we can take 100%. what we want as opposed to trying to find the meaning that he specifically said himself when he's written it, you know? Is yeah. that not? A hundred percent. And the band says themselves that once they put the songs out there, they're ours. Right. 
And also, I mean, how many times has Bono changed what he says a song is about? So, I mean, it's what you want it to be, not what, you know. Right. I agree with that, Mark. That was that was right on. Awesome, Dual. Do we have anything else anyone wants to say or questions or anything before we have to say? Yes, I, I, I do. I would love to say we sang. Um, yeah, Jan Johnny. Hi, Johnny. Johnny. Jenny, Jenny and Hillary, and um, um, what a beautiful podcast you have. And thank you for that. It's very thank insightful you. and it's very great. And thank you. you know what it is, you know, and I was, I was listening to you in the last year or so, and especially during COVID and stuff. And I think Hillary, you had a bit of COVID? I had COVID, yeah. How are you now, darling? I'm okay. I'm not 100%. Um, but I'm probably like 90% back to normal. I still have some issues, um, but sure, it sucks. But I, I'm in good health now. Good, because I was listening to it and I remember saying with your podcast and how brilliant it was that you were not just encouraging people to do shit. You know, and, and you're coming up to the elections too, Black Lives Matter was happening, you had the riots, you had all sorts of stuff, you had the Trump thing going on, and, and not that anything is good or bad about any of that, but the fact was that you were really putting some really interesting stuff out there to sort of say, go get shit done. And I want to thank you for that, you know, because we're over here on the Europe side and we're sort of looking at you going like, what are you doing? So thank you. Thank you so much. Anyway, here's what the point is. Here's the question. Octone baby has arrived. You end up in Ireland. You're drinking baby shorts, uh, you know, which is like, what do you call that stuff? Bailey's. Bailey's, Kahlua, something. Okay. You're getting absolutely off your tits in the bar in Ireland. And I'm thinking, why are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why are you absolutely doing that? Why are you sitting in the bar in Ireland going, "Wow, let's just get nuts and uh, drink some baby"? Why not just drink Guinness and champagne? Guinness and champagne. Drunk oh, some. we do that too. We did that too. We <laughs> that too. Like, like velvet. You're so fucking nuts. This is some trip. But however, I have something embarrassing to say. I know. I know. We're running out of time. Running out of time. I'll say this very quickly. I got a press pass for you to pop in uh, Dublin, and there I am in Grays. Uh, is it Road? Right, Grayson Road. Right. Grayson Road. I'm right there, and Bono walks six foot in front of me and I have a big posh camera because I pretended to be a press photographer and there I am in the front line pushing the button and he's looking at me and he, I remember he looked at me and said if you want to take the fucking shot you need to take it now and I, I was pressed shot on the on the, um, the camera type thing and it just didn't work and he was looking at me as if to say yeah, such a letdown. And I remember, I remember thinking to myself, well, you know, whatever. I got the press pass. I got the, I got in for free, whatever. So that's my embarrassment when people were sharing things among you tonight. But mine was like, well, your fucking camera shutter didn't even fucking click. Did it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. These things happen. And by the way, the next night, you know, uh, well, not the next night, but during that night, I woke up my girlfriend at about three, four o'clock in the morning in one of the Julian Leon Hotel in Dublin, whatever. And I said to her, um, Princess Diana's dead. That sort of thing had just happened. Do you know what I mean? That time of year. So there you go, ladies. There you go. Ladies, it hurts. Thank you for what you do. I shall let you go. And Thank you stop. for listening to us. And yeah. Thank you, everyone. This was so much fun. So much fun. So, so appreciate keep... you. And we appreciate you. And there's more sessions tomorrow, Angela? Or... No, yeah. we have one more session tonight. And, and then, then that's it? And then that's it. But of course, people can continue to hang out in Discord. Yeah. Um, and uh, feel free to do that and keep your eyes on uh, the youtubeconference.com website for future events. I am sure you'll be hearing from us soon. Um, 
One more time, everyone, uh, round of applause, please, for Garden Tart Hillary and Garden Tart Jenny. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. And, um, come find, come find us online. Yeah. Reach uh, out to us because we're yeah, very, so much. Um, very personal. Yeah. Personable. Find us on social media, the underscore Garden Tart everywhere. We love to chat. Thank you, guys. I'm going to check out the vlog uh, or the. Uh, podcast definitely yeah please do thank you thanks so much bye-bye yeah. everyone bye bye, bye. bye everyone bye, bye Tamara bye thanks, Chris guys. bye Avril bye Miles hey there listeners Jenny here from the Garden Tarts and if you are a major YouTube fan, which I am assuming you are if you are listening to this, then you are also aware of Bono's work with the organization's Red and One. It is absolutely imperative that we give them all the support we can right now, especially right now, as they are not only dealing with the AIDS epidemic that they have been fighting for years, but now the COVID-19 pandemic as well. So check out one.org and red.org and see how you can help.